Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions, but if you want to link up directly on Instagram, I have followed the way of Nick, and now there is HyperClean Marshall. Great way to come check me out and what I put out uh, for my content revolving around the brand HyperClean. If you want to connect on TikTok, go to Detail Supply app. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Nick can be found on Instagram at HyperCleanNick. And or if you want to reach out to him directly, send him an email, nick at vegasrides.com. And Nick, I am hopping into a nut nutter cup chocolate peanut butter porter. Uh, as it gets further into the fall and closer to those colder times, I've got to eventually jump over to a little darker beer, get ready to be warmed up. I see you kind of go with the uh the facial warm up is that yeah. what it is, or was it just yeah. uh, you just got lazy, lazy. this weekend? Just a little uh, lazy. So, just a little lazy. Uh, but anyway, hyperclean specialists on Facebook, guys. Uh, that's the most important thing we got going right now. A great place to, uh, you know, kind of share ideas and things about hyperclean. So let's add that to the intro. Yeah, good point. Good point. It's been a popping group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's something that again, you don't have to buy a lot or you just might have questions about our brand or whatever and, and trying to understand how to use different products guys are sharing a lot of cool stuff there it's another way to connect be a part of community no doubt yeah and it's been a lot of fun to interject with people there right like as people that'll listen to the episodes then post pictures while they're you know working on the car and they're like hey i'm getting you know best yeah. of both worlds here and it's a lot of fun to see that happen for sure i mean it's look it's it's i think you know the future, the immediate future of our company is, is really feeding into this group and trying to help people, uh, cheer people on, you know, guys, I know it can be a lonely existence, this detailing thing. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits to this group and these types of groups. So, uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. All right. So a new segment you wanted to bring in is a great idea is, what are we buying? What are we selling? This doesn't have to do with what people might think it's about. So explain it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's it's just a funny thing that that I think a lot of people would get a kick out of. You know, you don't have to have, it doesn't have to be detailing related. It's, it's another thing for everybody, you know, to realize is that, you know, a lot of guys reach out to us and listen to us for a variety of reasons. And people would be shocked that a lot of times what they interact with us on is the stuff that's not even related to detailing that we talk about. Uh, but it can be buy and sell is like, Hey, what are you really high on? You know, what did you enjoy this weekend, this week? What'd you come across that you're like, you know, that doesn't get enough respect or sell something that you're just completely out on and you just don't understand it. All right. I'm buying on blowing you up so that you'll get some text messages to your buddy. So that fucking Sooners can make a comeback. So I'm sitting, uh, you know, it was an interesting weekend with me and my girlfriend. She's experiencing the new stuff. We're kind of getting out, doing some things, which is really cool. And hadn't been to Buffalo Wild Wings, hadn't really been there to, you know, watch a big game. And I was like, listen, it's OU Texas. 
we got to go drink beer and sit around a bunch of people going crazy and yeah. and eat wings. I haven't eaten wings in in a really long time. Buffalo Wild Wings. For those of you that have followed uh, the podcast since it started, uh, was basically my second home years ago. 17, 18, 19, middle of a massive depression. I was 250 pounds. I ate a lot of chicken wings. I ate a lot, a lot of chicken wings, but only Thai curry is my deal. I always ate Thai curry. That's the sauce that I always got. So I got me 10 Thai curry wings. She's like, hell no. She's just doing the little, you know, just regular ones. Like, no problem. I'm stacked in 10 Thai curry wings. The Sooners are getting trampled, trampled, but Second half, third quarter, they're starting to make a slight little comeback. Some momentum change. There's some stuff going on. Wow. When I sent you those messages, like, come on, man. Like, you know, you, you say he's your boy, you know, so, hey, come on, a little help here, right? You know, blow yeah. him up on the sidelines, see if we can get some help. And Marty's sure talking enough, about the D coordinator from OU. <laughs> yeah, it's a guy I went to school with. Yeah. Well, with. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think maybe you also uh, taught him a few things too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude, man. I mean, he, look, he's, he's coached at Washington state, Ohio state defensive coordinator at OU. Like he's a major deal and it's, it's cool to see for sure. What was the deal? You laid him out or something? <laughs> no, we both played the same position. That's all. Oh, you played the same position. Yeah. Now he <laughs> look, man, he's, he's killing it now. And then, and so anyway, you're texting me. And you guys are going crazy over Buffalo Wild Wings. This game looks like it's over with like nine minutes to go. And then basically you guys make a run. It's insane. The amount of big plays that happen. Like, listen, anybody needs to go back and watch those highlights. Not only is it Red River and for us in the Midwest, there's really no bigger competition between OU and Texas. I mean, on the national stage, it's even one of the largest, right? Like, so, but here, I mean, the states go crazy. That The, the excitement when you're in the stands, the energy and just hearing everything, like it's insane. And to be able to, if I would have been able to see that live, you know, there in person would have been amazing, but everybody should go back, watch the highlights, that catch where they chunk it down there. And he, I mean, it literally is showing the shoestring graze across the line. He yeah. somehow hauls it in two point conversion, the kickoff, they strip the ball next plays a touchdown, right? Like I, when do you ever see it? Ever yeah, see rarely. that? Ever. Hey, after this weekend, are you buying college football or what? I'm buying OU comebacks. That's what I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, texting you at the bar. There we go. Hey, dude. I I get it, man. It's it's crazy when you're into like a game, you know, now it's like major league baseball playoffs, and you know, you have these these big moments. But yeah, OU Texas was uh, I told you I was driving home when you were texting me, and I'm like, I'm not gonna get to see the game, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I got texts from all kinds of people like, wow, what a, you know, what a game and look, you know, college football will deliver, right? I mean, there's a big reason to buy college football and it's really the rivalries and OU Texas is one of those. All right. What are you buying or selling? Oh, dude, I got to sell. And like we said, this really is about anything. Some weeks it'll be about detailing. Some weeks it won't for me. I'm selling almonds. I'm out. <laughs> That's right. I'm out. Jesus Christ. Everybody's trying to get me to eat a goddamn almond. And if it's not severely flavored, like, like you said, wasabi. Yeah. Or, like, come on, man. You don't you know, wasabi almonds are unbelievable. hundred percent. Like it's great when they got all this shit on them, but people are like, Oh, I just like almonds. I'm like, really? You just like almonds. How come every almond in your pantry is like worked up? You know, it's got 
eight things of hot sauce on it. It's got this, it's got cayenne pepper. It's because it stinks. It's because you don't really like it. You just like the flavor on top of it. And by the time you stack all that shit on it, it's not even healthy anymore. Oh man. I I've always, so what's your nut? What, it, what do you cashew? Like it's no brainer. This was, this is what I was trying to tell everybody. We were talking about this over the weekend. I said, if you eat a plain cashew, you're not thinking to yourself, wow, this is terrible. Have you ever, ever really eaten a just flat out plain almond? They're disgusting. Yeah. Plain almond. You're right. A very, you've got to have, you've got to Something. have on almonds. You got to have salt. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. Again, that's why I'm selling. Don't tell me that something that's got to be completely doctored up to be good is a great thing. Yeah, I I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're selling. I guess I've always never done cashews because growing up in a family of high cholesterol, cashews are one of those nuts that's high in fats, sure. high in cholesterol. What's one reason why we always ate almonds? I mean, I've eaten not. It was is you know playing ball. It was it was eating sunflower seeds. But yeah, I still it, eat. By the way, I still eat bags of sunflower seeds. Like I man, I chew I, sunflower seeds constantly. So that was what I was going to say. I had to, I eventually had to give up. Like I just started wearing into my mouth, right? Yeah, like I just salt, those salt, those yeah, salt. Like, things. I was just like, God damn, yeah, I got to quit. I'm with you, man. No, it's, so it, but that's the thing yeah. about almonds. Like my whole argument is when something can't be eaten, how it's actually grown, then it's not that great. Like it's that simple. It's like cauliflower for me. I'm out. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like it stinks up your house. I don't like it. So, so that's my cauliflower point. wings. And my girlfriend was like, are you? And I was like, hell no. Mm -mm. No, I'm out. Forget that. If I'm going to have a wing, I'm going to have a wing. Like I'm not trying to, trying to, you know, but anyway, that's what I'm selling. I had an argument over the weekend, not an argument, but got into it with somebody over the weekend. Like, Hey dude, this stop trying to give me these shitty almonds. Like either give me some potato chips or move on, you know? So one of my hangups, though, that I'm still a big fan of diamond almonds. I'm still huge. I love to snack on almonds and specifically diamond because when I was a mobile detailer, one of the fun little side gigs that I started finding was going with a, a guy that did sonography of the ground. And one trip, he flew me to California and we, we did sonar of the ground so that the almond farmers could know where to, to drill for water. There you go. It was super fun. Like that was a go. blast, right? They still they still suck. So I, and I don't off care. the <laughs> off the tree, they were like, "Hey, you could just grab whatever." You, I'm like, I tried. I was like, "No, nah, I'm out." They, no, they really I need I, I, I need all the shit on there. Uh, that's that's like I told you. It's it's what it is. So that's what I'm selling this weekend. But you know, look, we thought it would just be a fun little segment to add in here and there every week. Uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> People will probably get pissed. <laughs> all the almond lovers are going to send you messages exactly though. i'll be getting all kinds of messages damn hater all mm. right so we got a couple little bit we're trying to do a round two because we just thought it was a lot of fun of, of what to say right a couple different random things uh, that that are always interesting to know things that we've looked at right so um one of the things that it's been open on a regular basis out there uh, is always, which is something that you and I have talked about in the past, but just go back over for just a hair second, right? Because it does happen. It happens on a regular basis for, for us, you know, I know it's different there in Vegas and your clientele where they are, you know, it's, it's very set up, but 
all of us regular detailers, we get, we get that phone call that goes, how much for a detail? Oh, Jesus. I mean, you want to talk about one of the worst feelings of some, it, it's like, does any, anything say that this customer doesn't get it like that question? No, this is kind of something we've touched on over the last couple of years, but this is where you got to be, you just got to take control. You know what I mean? Like somebody calls and says, how much for a detail or my car needs detailed. You got to get a, it's really your responsibility as the business owner, as the detailer to get them out of that mindset. And I think you can ask a simple question. Thank you for calling. What kind of car do you drive? I mean, it just flips the conversation. Oh, I drive a Ford Raptor. Okay, great. Uh, how long have you had it? Have you ever had it detailed? What's the car look like inside and out? What's important to you? I mean, I can just rattle off questions that move the discussion away from something that infuriates all of us. There isn't a single detailer who doesn't hate getting that call. It doesn't... I get that call all the time. You get the call. Everyone oh, gets the call. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Dude, I, anybody that says they don't or that they got the perfect clientele, that doesn't happen. And again, you and I have talked about this. Everybody thinks you're going to get to some higher level where you don't get this silliness in the detailing world. And that's not true at all. You just get more of it. And you got to navigate and make the sale. And so the, the most important thing when you get this phone call, instead of losing your temper mentally, is just go right into your question routine. Just build your question routine, what's important for you to get to for your business. Look, if you're a PPF shop, and that's what you're concentrating on, your questions are going to look vastly different than somebody that does a lot of basics, right? So you can't ask me for my questions, because maybe I'm trying to accomplish something different in my business than you. And that's where you just got to come up with your, I mean, let's just use something generic, come up with your 20 questions, and just work through your routine every single time the phone rings, no matter what somebody says. So would we define that as our script? Kind of yeah, like script, our sales, sales script? Yeah, sales script, phone script. People have a lot of different terminology. You'll see a lot of different sales trainers called a lot of different things. But I just call it your routine. You know the things that matter. Let's say you absolutely positively had a, have a ton of dog hair come through your shop. You're probably going to talk about dog hair much quicker than me. We come across it, but it's not, you know, all the time in my business. So it's very low on my priority of asking things. Okay. You may be somebody that says, Hey, I get a lot of, uh, mom SUVs and those types of things. My script is going to be totally different than this guy's. Everyone runs their business differently. But if you think, you're not going to get those calls or somehow you're going to get to your career and not get those calls. The phone rings, man, you pick it up, you answer it. You're put in the exact same situation as everyone else. The, the interesting part, when you get the phone call, I, I generally like to go, you know, with you, like, well, what do you drive? Right. The best is because here in Oklahoma, they'll just go truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that, that, All right. look, <laughs> what kind of truck? Yeah, we're headed down our iPad. Yeah, Where do you drive the truck? Okay, man. So explain to me what a detail is, right? It's a question you and I have asked. It's a question we ask here. Then you turn around and ask it to a customer. We're we're getting a whole 
last week it was, well, I need my seat shampooed and the dash looks okay. It just kind of needs to be wiped yep. off. Uh, yep. Outside looks, you know, just a good wash. Okay. Yep. 100%. <laughs> yeah, like, and by the way, if you can find a way to turn that guy into a customer that's that's valuable to your business, that's the goal of the phone. It's not to rush them off the phone. It's to how do I get this guy from uneducated and a little bit ignorant of what we do to bring his truck in for me to detail? That's really where the money is made. Nobody likes to hear that, but that's the fact. Take somebody that's not going to be a customer and making them a customer is going to define whether you're successful or you aren't. Because I had a guy in here for a massive job that I shared, you know, pretty much for the last 10 days, seven, eight days on, on HyperClean Nick on Instagram, went live on the Total Auto Solutions page with the coding. And that guy had never purchased those types of services in his whole entire life. Never once. Now, everybody sees that Corvette on our lift, sees us working on it, and assumes his, his uh, business is on autopilot. That guy had never purchased those types of services. He had never had PPF on a car. He had never had multi-year coatings on his car. He was asking me if coatings were like wax, even when he picked the car up. Think about what I just said. That's where the money is made. I take somebody that's never purchased those types and turn them into a seventh you know, a several thousand dollar job. Okay. That's where the money is made. Not in, Hey, Nick's got a big company. I bet he just has a whole bunch of layups all day. And these guys just bring him cars. No, man. I do have some of those customers that just trust me over the years and bring me stuff. But I also take somebody that buys a new Corvette had, had sold his older Corvette now has this Corvette, it sits lower, it's more aggressive than his last Corvette, and I start talking to him about windshield protection film, PPF, ceramic coating, ceramic coating the rims. That's the difference. So if a guy calls you and the conversation starts, how much for a detail? Instead of getting aggravated, take it as a challenge of how do I get this person to buy several thousand dollars worth of detailing from me over the next year, two years, three years? Because that's what the game is. That's, that's, that's what business is. Selling people that don't know what you do on what you do and why they should use you. All right. So next one on what to say. And this kind of goes into a little interesting part of the weekend, right? So one of our little ventures that we constantly continue to do is multiple trips to the grocery store. And as you and I have talked we don't understand why we need to keep going to the store. There's so many different options now, but sure enough, ran to the store at the checkout, grabbing our stuff. She grabs her cash out. We head home. Don't think much of it, right? Well, when we go to go to the fair, she goes to grab her cash and goes, oh, it's not all here. They didn't give me the correct change. Whose responsibility is it, right? Do we go back there and try and, I mean, it's cash. There's no way. And she's like, well, they'll have a documented inside the computer. We'll have it like, huh? Right. Like if you're going to order something and you don't get like, when is the responsibility of the customer to be start working into everything going the right way is, 
is a very interesting dilemma because we were at a crossroads and I mean, I didn't really know what to say other than well, how much did you lose? Right. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. at that point, now, in time, now, you just, now you're doing the gas conversation and gas time. Are we talking about $500 or are we talking about you lost seven bucks wow. because the gas and the time and the, so you're having those conversations. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. responsibility. And look, we have it at we have it at Hyperclean, right? We have it at our own at, at, at Vegas Rides. We have it uh, with pints and polishing. Anytime there's a business and you have customers, guess what happens? You have expectations put on you by that customer. And I like to think at Hyperclean, we meet the hell out of those because we get complimented all the time on our shipping, how fast it is, how attentive we are, how much we respond to email and DM and everything. Doesn't mean we don't make mistakes, but this is where we're getting in the world now is what is the responsibility of the end user, the end customer? And you and I were talking because you shared this story, where the world is getting, especially with supply issues and, and people are having a hard time getting people to work for them and all these different things. You used to be able to just tell Amazon, you didn't get your package and five minutes later, there was a package at your house. That was Amazon. Okay, that's the gold standard for everybody to always bring up to, to e-commerce companies or, you know, why can't you be more like Amazon? Well, look what Amazon's doing now. It's, they're not making it as easy. They're, they're saying, hey, you need to prove it. Yeah, we'll get it to you soon. You know, Prime isn't guaranteed two days anymore. They're, the world's changed. Hell, we got, we got UPS telling us that a next day air is not guaranteed anymore. Yeah, I mean, we could share that part of it. I mean, guys, look, the world has changed. And so then you have to ask yourself as a customer, because remember, you're listening to two guys, we buy stuff, we buy stuff, you know, for our business, we buy stuff personally. I mean, the amount of packages and things that come into your life and my life is probably tenfold most people. Okay, just because of the kind of business that we're in, the kind of things we do, that kind of thing. And we have people a month later saying, hey, I think there's something wrong with a package. And this goes to your whole leaving a couple bucks at the store. You know, I don't think the cashier was trying to steal from you, but you also shoved it in your purse and you didn't look at it. And you think you shouldn't have a little responsibility to count the few bucks that you were supposed to get back. That isn't the world, man. I mean, look, I'm sure the store would have made it right. I think your girlfriend's probably right. But then what's your time? What's their time? You know, can't you just look at yourself and say, hey, I know better. I should count the cash when I get it back. I mean, but we have people, hey, uh, something spilled out in this box. Dude, you ordered that two and a half months ago. What, what's the responsibility? And I'm here to, the reason we're bringing this up or, or talking about it, as customers, and we're all customers of somebody, boy, oh boy, the next few years, this is getting worse. It's not getting better. So if you're not on top of a package that arrives at your house, a package that arrives at your business, getting cash back at the, at the grocery store, at the fast food joint or whatever, you're just going to have a miserable life because there's going to be a lot of businesses that stick up their middle finger and say, hey, man, it's been a month. How can we trust you? How do we know you didn't damage it? How, how do we know you didn't lose it? The game of two years ago is not the game of today. And Marty, I think you can speak to that. I mean, it, it's just not the same. 
we definitely have more, right? And then some of that's just numbers, right? From we're moving a lot more. So it's just naturally going to happen. Uh, my deal with her was, I was like, it, it's, it's, it's a trust factor. Like you, you can't leave that store and come back and go, Oh, I had cash. And they didn't give me it all back. Like, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Like, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of a trust factor on some of the things where you just go, Hey, listen, that it's just, you made a mistake. Something happened. They made him, who knows the packaging company, the, the, this company, the, maybe it was the teller. Maybe it was the, the computer. Maybe it was, I mean, who knows? But we have this conversation and, and I think guys would kind of enjoy hearing this is that, especially if you've ever detailed for a company, let's say you, you go out and you detail for a local body shop or you detail for a shop near your area, or you detail for a mechanic shop and, and they do business with you. Okay. They kind of support your business. You support them. You have a business to business relationship. It's amazing how in the last year and a half, two years, business to business, us and the, and the vendors we use and vice versa are so understanding with one another. Business to business, it's like, hey, man, I'm going to be a couple of days late on that delivery. It's like, you've never gotten more thumbs up from other businesses like you have in the last year where they're just like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, we understand. Okay, yep, yep, no doubt. Hey, Marty, we get it. The consumer has not flipped that switch. But the last year, every business we've ever done business with, whether they were late, they would call us and say, hey, we're going to be a few days late. Hey, no big deal. Rewind the clock two years, you might have an argument. But the switch has flipped that we're now in this different place. And for so many consumers, whether you're buying something from Amazon or HyperClean or whoever, it's like they're not grasping that the world has changed. They're literally a year and a half behind business to business relationships where when we talk to other businesses, man, it's like, yep, do your best. And the consumer's like, MF and you over something that they didn't complain about a month ago. It, it's a really strange period in time. And I guess what I'm saying is I'm really glad that I I've experienced the business to business side, because as a consumer, I'm just like, yep, get it. Yep. Understand. Uh-huh. I told you I waited on stamp paper for over a week on a prime delivery. I didn't email anybody. I didn't think about it. I just came in when it came in and it makes for a lot happier life because for a year on our business to business side of things, we've just really had a lot of understanding conversations. And I really feel for consumers that aren't flipping that switch to understand that the world may, may not only be changed, but it may be forever changed. You may never see it go back to before coronavirus, because if, if you can deliver things slower, it helps your company. Just think about that. There's really no incentive to deliver fast because more, more times than not, you're going to screw something up. So we have no idea if this ever goes back to normal, is my point. Yeah, back to normal is a, uh, is a big thing. Have you ever been just to, when you're in a mindset where you're not normal and you're like, fuck, I'm just ready to go back to normal? Like sort of like where you're spinning too fast and oh, you just 100%. go, oh, man, I just I could either blow chunks right now but this poor kid and my girlfriend sitting next to me on this ride would not really appreciate it. So, all right. I got talked into because that's just the way it goes. When you get to the fair, right. Yeah. You get talked into all these crazy rides and I knew not, right. I knew not to do it, but I did. 
and I did that right. And it, it is what it is. So I feel you, man. There's part of those times where you get to it and you're like, I just wish it go back to normal. Is it going back to normal? Man, I don't know. I, I think this is, is something that so many people don't want to hear. But I, I think this, people got really used to not working. And then now that that's set in, I wonder when they do come back to work, how much that push and that drive to do better. I mean, I see it with people that have been delivering me packages at my businesses or, or my home for years. Their attitude's not the same. Not to say they're bad or, or, or whatever, but I can see they're either worn down because they worked the whole pandemic. And there's a real divide here that people may never get over, which is I worked my ass off during the pandemic. So did you. I doubled down on my business. And I look at these jerks that didn't with a very, very different eyeball than the people that toughed it out. And this was the argument we made to everybody. Hey, if one of your vendors is shutting down and maybe your tool's not getting fixed, maybe you need to think about that and say, is this somebody I want to be in the trenches with, with my business? People can call it unfair, but I'm running a business that I need it to be successful. I was working my ass off during the pandemic and they were sitting at their house for whatever reason that was. Does it really matter when it comes to your business and your family and you paying your bills and you advancing and you making more money? See, people love to think that it matters, but let's be very frank. I don't give a rip why somebody took the year off. Is it, were you there when shit hit the fan or weren't you? Isn't that kind of what you feel around the country now? Which is, there's this dividing line of the people that got shit done during coronavirus and then everyone else. And does that ever go back to normal? When does that subside, that feeling of they did nothing and I did everything? And I think that's the basis of all of it. Because I see it in our own industry. I mean, we're having conversations about companies, Marty, with, with different detailers where they're telling us things and it's like, that company did that? It, I mean, true or false? I mean, I, I can give people a tale of where my machines have been for 60 days. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And you know what? My business doesn't get to make excuses. I got customers. I got team members. I got a lot of things I want to get accomplished. So I think there is, is normal ever going to happen again is a really good question. Because do you think I'm going to forget the companies that put me in a bad position because they chose to sit at home? And again, I know what the defense is. Well, they were scared or they didn't know. Well, either did I. Either did my team. This was the whole defense of a lot of things we said in the last year. And what people don't want to hear is, I don't know, man, this could be something that's not going to get repaired for a very long time. Because there are companies I'm going to choose never to do business with again because of how they acted during coronavirus. And I am not the only one. No, you're not the only one. And you're not the only one that if, if you've ever walked down through the midway at the fair, and you get heckled by that guy that's calling you out to come win the stuffed animal for your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I got to at least choose which carny game I was going to play. <laughs> 
and then got to explain what carny games were, why they're so impossible to win. But if you just do it just the right way, you just might a chance get that. Ooh. So I finally picked the one with the bottles and the ball. Oh, yeah. yep. Because, right? I mean, there was the one with the hoop and you could like slide this thing, but they're telling you what not to do. So subconsciously, I'm listening to that and I'm going, wait, I'm going to do what they tell me not. That's a mind game. They're playing. That's yeah. why that Carney game is so successful because they just play mind tricks on you the whole, the whole time you're trying to do it. Most of the time, these games aren't that difficult, right? But, but there's just something about them. I, I went, I thought about maybe that, that one where they're shooting water and making oh, it yeah. go up, yeah, right? That, those are, those are fun. Those are fun. But then you watch them and you're like, you see these guys and like, they don't miss a single drop, but. And somebody beats someone else. Yeah, yeah. The girl next to them that's <laughs> splashing all over gets the win. It's like, wait a second. So, all right. I, I'm like, okay, I can at least throw the ball and hit the bottles. I can do that. Right, three balls, ten bucks. I'm on ball number three. I got one bottle to go. I've already spent thirty bucks, but if I just nail this one down, right? So you know how many times <laughs> it took me to get there. If I can just get this one bottle, then it's all worth it, right? Put the hand over, you know, a little blow on the, ready to go. <laughs> and as soon as I let that ball go, you know that feeling of the thread on your fingertips. Yeah. Remember that? It was oh like, yeah. Wow. You ever get that? Like when you walk out the car and I cut, you know that you nailed everything and the customer walks out and goes, wow. What do you say? Well, we had it with this Corvette, you know, again, this guy didn't know whether I was a snake oil salesman. He's a great customer. I've had that for years. So he knows I'm not that, but in the back of his head, he's like, is there really going to be a difference here? Right. Paint correction. He's never purchased it. You know, he really just, he really bought into maintenance and maybe a paint sealant here and there, but didn't buy into a lot. And when he arrived and we had it set up and we took some photos and I showed him the processes, I showed him about windshield and PPF and ceramic coating. And when he arrived, it was, yeah, this looks different. This pops different. I feel a sense of pride different. You know, that look when you're like, yeah, this is hitting. And we're talking about, all the things we did by hand, you know, because, you know, we cut windshield film by hand. That's not, there's no template. We cut a lot of PPF pieces bulk because the patterns that were available through all manufacturers were really subpar. And I walked them through everything and said, Hey, you know, if you don't like the way this is, I'll do it a little differently, but I think this is the best. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't even have noticed that. So the thing that I have always found is I point out things that I think I could have done better to make people believe we tried our hardest, but if you don't like something, we'll do it a little differently for you if you want. And what it does, it puts them at ease. They start to talk more. They start to understand that now this is a human interaction, right? This is no longer business. It's you and I having a relationship and let's, let's talk about what we did on this car. And you know, we spent a good 30 minutes talking about how we're going to maintain it. You know, we're going to maintain it less. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it was like the light bulb went off for him that he had been missing out on something for a lot of years that I've been trying to tell him what the, you know, what he should be doing. And it was a great moment. And those are great moments. And sometimes those moments just turn into you silently watching the person walk around the car. 
But walk us through that. I agree. Cause that's, I think a lot of us do. And I, I know I'm many times just hell yeah, you know, and yeah, I take it in for, sure. for my moment, but you made a statement there. That's pretty educational. It'd be interesting for you to go back over. You said that you pointed out things that you didn't think were quite as up to par. Yeah. Well, for example, the mirrors on the, on the Corvette, the patterns and the way that they're shaped, we may, I made an executive decision to kind of wrap those differently with PPF. And it wasn't anything he's going to see on his buddy's Corvette. I know he has some buddies that have wraps that they're not happy with uh, that, you know, I shared with you some of the crazy prices that some notable detailers charge for some really subpar work on. Uh, so I just made sure to point out like, Hey, these mirrors are not stock. These aren't like most mirrors. Uh, this is the decisions we made. And, and this is why I made the decisions to, to cut the PPF and, uh, and attach the PPF the way that I did. But I want you to see it. I want you to understand that that was a, a decision I made and no one else. This is what I did. Now, I'm not thrilled with, with it, but it's protected. And if you're not happy with it, we'll rip it off and we'll do it the way you want us to do it for free. And it just puts people's mind at ease. This idea that you're just going to always do the perfect thing as a business is complete nonsense. You got to be okay looking someone in the eye and say, there was no template to do this. And I did it the way I saw fit. Explain it. Look them in the eye. And nine times out of 10, man, people will just smile at you and go, I'd have never noticed that. And it's exactly what he said to me. So what it does is it builds somebody's confidence that you're not trying to hide something from them. You're not trying to, and again, some cars, you don't have that, right? You just did a paint correction and a coating and everything came out exactly how it was supposed to. But when you're dealing with film, when you're dealing with windshield film and coating and correction, like there was a spot that I told them we didn't deep correct, pointed that out and said, Hey, look on the roof here. You got a little bit of a deeper scratch. You can only see it in certain sunlight now because of how we did it but I'm not going to sand that scratch on the roof of this car. I don't know how long you're going to keep it. And I don't think it's responsible to do. There would be an example of what guys come in contact with a lot where I just point it out and say, this is why I did what I did. You want me to sand the car down? I can do that, but it's not the right thing to do. And most of the time he's looking at you to be the expert, right? So you need to be the expert, but you also need to be forthright of why you made some choices. And I find that it, it builds an honest rapport with somebody that you're not trying to hide something. You're not trying to act perfect. You're not trying, you're just trying to be real. And I think that's a lot of times what I try to tell people about the internet. The internet is not real. Those conversations we just talked about, those are real. Okay. But on the internet, that Corvette looks sweet. Like there was never those types of conversations, right? Just like a Ferrari that I've put on or a Range Rover or a truck you've done. It looks a certain way on the internet, but there's imperfections that you have to have a conversation with customers about. And I just find I would want people to say that to me if I was the car owner. We go back to this all the time. Just say what you would want somebody to say to you. You want somebody to hide the fact that they, you know, did those mirrors the way they saw fit. I don't think you'd want that hidden from you as a customer. So don't hide it. There's no reason to. Well, don't hide the fact that we do a lot of trucks here. No doubt about that. <laughs> uh, can I get a detail on my truck? <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> we it just had this conversation. I have, a, I have a funny, uh, guys will love this. Just had this conversation about uh, paint protection film, coding, 
correction. Do you think a truck owner should realize they should be on the hook for more money when they come and see a detailer? Uh, yeah. Bigger vehicle, usually dirtier. Yeah. How many customers, though, over the years don't see it that way? And some businesses don't charge that way. So that gets thrown in your face. Like, well, if I go down the street, he charges the same, whether he does a car or this and that. Oh, really? I've never heard. Yeah, here, I've never heard of that. Everybody's yeah, we, always got different prices. We we have some people here. And again, they're, it's their right to do it. That are real production type PPF and tent shops and whatever, where they just have a blanket price. But if I use more PPF on the hood of a Dodge Ram, shouldn't they be charged for the upcharge in the film? And my argument has always been when I buy a big vehicle, I realize I'm going to pay more in gas, but I've never called BP and bitched about it. So why should I get somebody? Why should you feel I'm different? You bought the big vehicle. There's just extra costs that go with it. Tires are more expensive. Rims are more expensive. Everything's more expensive. But now I'm the as a detailer, you think you should get the same as a guy that brings me a two-door Bentley. That's doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, you know, I've had some luck with that. Other people have gotten pissed about it. But actually, I just had this conversation this morning. Oh. Uh, with a prospect? Uh, prospect kind of, but, you know, also with, with the – referring shop that that doesn't want to do the work because they don't really have you know enough ladders and equipment that goes into doing certain things and and again I'm trying to help everyone out but you know you have an owner that maybe hasn't been spoken to properly at the beginning of the relationship and so it catches everybody off guard and says yeah that's our prices if you have a car or a small SUV but you got a 2500 2500 Dodge Ram this this is this isn't you know, a two door sports car. So it, it was an interesting conversation, but look, man, there's some people that just say, Hey, it'll even out over time. If I just charge everybody the same, it's easier on my staff. It's easier on me. We know our numbers in and out. There's a defense of all of it, but you know, it was something interesting that came up uh, this morning. Definitely. All right, man. Uh, I have finished off my beer. I'm down to, uh, well, just the backwash. So, uh, <laughs> It's never, it's never great, but I'll do what I can. The uh, Nutter Cups, I don't know. I would ask if you ever got into peanut butter porters, but I know the answer to that before I even get started. N-O. Yeah, um, pretty decent. You can definitely taste the porter part and uh, good chocolate to it. So well done. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the beer. Very good. Nick? Also appreciate the time that uh, we've done today. Good talk as we close down this little mini series of what to say. It was a lot of fun, though. So appreciate it. All right, that. brother. I'll see you Have next a great week. week. We'll talk to you next week, man. Hey, if you got any, well, anything, right? Anything out of what Nick said, there's a good chance that you did, and there's a good chance that it's going to impact you. So if it does, then, hey, leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Let us know. Shoot Nick a message. Shoot me a message. Let us know what you got out of it. Then let some other people know. Hey, that's what being part of a community is all about. Thanks for listening to that episode.
And if you got any value out of it, hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that. You know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.